Welcome to Analog Modern Radio. My name's Nathan Queso. Today I'm chatting with Miranda Stockel and Jackson Grant, two photographers who have really taken the Melbourne wedding industry by storm in the last couple of years. The thing I love the most about these guys is how much of their personality shines through in their brand and their work. So Miranda and Jackson, welcome to the podcast. Yay, thank you for having us. Hello, hello. I know you've both come from backgrounds outside of weddings with your photography. It's not sort of where you started. And I know you've both been shooting things like music festivals. Miranda, I know you did a lot of that. And Jackson, I saw a bit of that on your website too. And Jackson, I know you do a lot of editorial or like fashion kind of stuff. So I'm keen to just know how much of that has kind of translated into weddings and your style and approach. Do you want to go first, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, should we make a rule of thumb of like who goes first? Because if like goes there's like slight delay, maybe we'll just be like, oh my God, now I have now Nathan's going to have to cut all this out. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I edit these very heavily to make myself sound like I can speak in a coherent sentence so don't worry too much. Okay rule of thumb if it's a question directed at both of us Miranda goes first and then I go second. Okay. Ladies first. That's Ladies good. first. All right I did start out shooting music and it was never intentional. I just kind of always loved photography and at the time in my life I was at the age where I was just going to heaps of festivals basically for fun and I remember I'd moved back from London and got a job for the first time where I had disposable income which was wild so I bought a camera and started sneaking it into festivals which is totally naughty like you should always be accredited (laughs) I don't know how it even happened but I would just take it in and Literally photograph friends. I just go to like the front of the gigs and start shooting the artists. So it's so naughty how it kind of happens. Yeah, I have heard that that I'm not really a festival kind of guy, but I know of a lot of friends who do the Meredith kind of scene. And yeah, they were saying like they'd be banning DSLRs being taken into the festival, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. I remember someone actually, like one time a security guard asked me, like I actually didn't realize that it wasn't okay to do that. I had no clue. So I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of naturally happened. And I remember a security guard asked me once, like, what's that? And I was like, it's my camera. And it was my big camera. And he was kind of just like, oh, okay. So I just got with his key. But yeah, I basically just started shooting at festivals. But the thing that I loved the most was just shooting photos of people that I thought looked really cool and confident in who they were. And I'd basically just approach them and be like, I love what you're wearing. Can I take a photo of you? And I just grew this collection of portraits of random people and started seeding them out on Instagram at a time when Insta was like, you know, really big for that kind of thing that kind of just like grew my own portfolio and in a way I think that translated a lot to weddings because things like receptions and guest candidates that kind of stuff being confident approaching people talking to people you don't know it kind of does go very hand in hand with my wedding work just asking people to take their photo it's kind of easy at weddings everyone's expecting that like a lot of people approach photographers and say hey can we get a picture but to do it outside of somewhere where you're the photographer or people are there to be photographed or expecting to be photographed. I've always found it quite nerve-wracking. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I do still find it nerve-wracking. It depends where I am. For example, like I remember a few months ago, I was out in Fitzroy and I saw this random person who looked amazing and I coincidentally had my camera and I was having a drink in the street with my housemate at the time and she was like, oh my God, you have to take a photo of him. And I was kind of like, oh, no, like he's just living his life. I don't want to intrude. But he looked so incredible. And at the end of it, I kind of had worked myself up and went over and asked him. And it was so refreshing because I hadn't felt that feeling of being nervous in such a long time. And it it reminded me that, yes, sometimes it is difficult. But going back to when I was shooting heaps of music, you know, you kind of just get used to it. And it's, it's really enjoyable for me. Anyway, I love it. Approaching people and asking to take their photo. I think it gives them a confidence boost as well. It's pretty fun. 
And then just striking up conversations. Like I actually ended up meeting quite a few people and becoming, you know, like Instagram friends with them and having Instagram chats. And it's definitely one of those things as well where like that work led to other work. And so I think that was the start of weddings almost for me was doing those portraits of random people in a way. All of that is so relevant, especially when you're more inclined to get a solid snap of somebody with their consent at a festival, but maybe just steer away from nightclubs because that's where I started and <laughs> no one's no one's asking you. They're instead just like grabbing you by your clothing and pulling you, being like, get a photo. So let's just... It sounds like my dream situation. I just would love to be in a nightclub having people tearing at me and screaming <laughs> at me. <laughs> As you can imagine. Oh, God, three years, three years too long. But how I met Miranda was through a festival, Splendor in the Grass. And oh, my God, yeah. I was high as a kite and I don't know, I don't remember how, I think we we bumped heads in some degree. I'm not sure who came up to who first, but we obviously saw each other's like slinging each other's cannons on each other's shoulders. So I was like, hey, girl, what's up? And then I suppose we got back in touch when we landed back in Melbs. Oh, God, it seems forever ago when we were allowed to do these things. Um, I've actually forgotten the question. <laughs> the question was, what lens do you use? No. Oh, my God. No, but it's interesting you say that because I, I, I'm sure I met you two separately. We're all in the same kind of networks and things working in, in the wedding industry. I almost knew you two would be friends without even knowing that you knew each other. So have you have you worked together much? We have, like a couple of times actually. Not enough. I'd love to work with Jackson way more than we have, but we've definitely done it. Maybe I can count it on two hands, I'd say, which is pretty decent. Um, That's good. And it's, all, it's always so fun. It's nice. Yeah, we work well together. We also hang out personally, which is amazing. And so I just feel like you're an extension of myself when we are working together. We're very much the same vibe, which is really cool. I nice. think that the people we work with, it's definitely a great experience for them as well. It's a good little team we've got going. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing to sort of hold your family like kind of close. A lot of friends that have similar occupations can very can become very work dependent, which is also fine, but it's nice to know that we sort of stemmed into, and it wasn't deliberately or accidental, it was just sort of native to, I guess, Miranda and I's friendship, was we easily can stem into personal mode and not even bring work up and we're two friends outside of our occupations and then there'll be some, some days where we're just tunnel visioning into work-related conversation and it's nice. I think um, both hold equal value, so it's it's cool, yeah. And getting back to my question, Jackson, which you just bypassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh Do you God. feel like your style coming from an industry outside of weddings has sort of influenced the way you shoot and work and approach people and portraits and all that kind of stuff? Oh, definitely. I think similar to Miranda, it's rare for me to shoot something with like as without a subject matter being a person or a dog or something, um, mostly people. But yeah, I think it definitely translated initially through festival documentation, started off really illegally as well, but you've got to get the foot in the door somehow. Then I realized there wasn't really too much money in music and this was my full-time gig at the time. I got really lucky with a festival opportunity through a nightclub and then it just kind of stemmed through there. Um, nowadays, it's hard for the two of us. I might be able to speak on behalf of Miranda because I think weddings have taken over a bit and they always fall in line with festival dates. So we kind of have to pick one or the other. But yeah, I think it definitely stemmed through documenting people in a non-invasive manner. Also, there's a time and place for asking consent in particular environments 
for that. I, again, with weddings, it is kind of expected, but you just pick up on body language and you're less inclined to document someone who's having a boring time on their phone. Actually, I do hone in on that at weddings because it's funny for the couple to look back at. But uh, <laughs> definitely through festivals and hmm, maybe my angle on it can also, like physical angles, like in terms of my composition can stem through editorial work in the video world because I think I've got a knack for what I want to keep in a shot and what I don't want to keep in a shot. So One thing I always also love to talk about with music work is shooting the actual artists on stage. When I first started, I know that I found it really difficult because of all the lighting scenarios. That was something that technically it took me a little bit of a while to master. It absolutely has helped me with things like dark receptions. Learning to shoot such fast moving people in dark situations is really tough. I think it's made me a stronger wedding photographer in that sense as well. So that's something that I'm really thankful for. When I think of you guys, and I think we've all been in the wedding industry for probably about the same amount of time, but I'm a little bit older than you are. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of feel like, particularly you two, this sort of new generation that's pushed in, have you been conscious at all about doing wedding photography and having a bit of a different approach to, I guess, what was out there when you kind of came into it? Or is it something that's just, just the natural progress of your style over time? I don't know how, but I think Hello May actually, or maybe I saw someone's photo on Pinterest one day and it was probably Beck Rockies because I idolise her and always will. I remember she shot a wedding that was at Luna Park and it was so colourful and fun and it really looked like it was a music festival. And that was probably my intro into wedding photography being a little bit different and non-traditional, but something that I thought was attainable for me and my style. And so after I saw that and realised that weddings can actually be fun and can be like individual to you, it was something that I chased and wanted um, to shoot a lot more of. And I guess I haven't really gone about it trying to carve out my style in a weird way. I've just let it naturally happen. And I guess every wedding is so different. You kind of end up working with the energy of the couple, but usually the people that inquire with me end up having that anyway. I see weddings as two subject matters. That's the one universal component. It's always going to be two people. So the next question you have to ask yourself is sort of what you're going to do with that, especially when they're giving you so much access into the probably most personal yet public day of their lives. I can speak on behalf of surely all of us. When you do get a couple of gigs after a while, you do understand the safe, the safe shots. You do understand where to go if you're at a new venue and it's the exact same. If you're at the same venue, you know where the good spots are and all of that jazz. If I was to enter into the wedding world now, I'd still probably have the same approach as what I did a while back. And I'm a, a little worried that eventually I might be playing it a bit safe, but it's just knowing, like, just trying to remember at the beginning of each shoot, the reason why I think there's such diversity across all of our work is surely due to the fact that in the back of our noggins, we're not forgetting that it's just another day, like ensuring that there's the same formalities across a wedding doesn't mean that you have to shoot it any differently. Going into that, with a fresh headspace every single time can really diversify the types of shots you're trying to achieve. Even though it is just two people, <laughs> I think you want to make sure that you're not taking them for a ride and just making them look pretty at the end of the day. Part of a photographer's job description is to keep things fresh, is to know how to self-direct when you're on the spot, even though we might come across as like candid or whatever. I think it's very integral to ensure that there are some scripted moments and trying to convey that to a couple as well can really give you more access than you thought. Particularly in, in the wedding videos that you make, Jackson, like they're pretty wild i remember when we we sort of first met and i really liked your work and i was like oh it's kind of similar to mine i guess it's all like sort of natural and 
documentary, you need a bit of Super 8. So, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, we were we were on the same page. And now I watch your work and I'm like, you're on another fucking planet, man. Like, I don't know what... <laughs> you got animation in there. That happened pretty quickly too, you know, and I'm just still making the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm just getting old maybe. I don't know. No, no, no. You just... I think you've got to keep up with the speed. Not you specifically, but just the world. People's attention spans are dropping like flies. And if you're not showing... I mean, I literally give myself a rule of thumb. It's like if I have a clip in there for longer than a second, it's not correct. Like I need things to be very fast paced at all times, which kind of doesn't work too well. By the time the couple's 80, I just hope that they can see everything because I feel like it's going to be like boom, 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 boom. And they're like, I'm just really hoping that they're not thinking of that and they just enjoy their final product nowadays. Yeah, it's quite refreshing though because I feel like there's not heaps of creativity in wedding videos. And it's, I think it's a bit, it's a tricky thing to do to be super creative but also have a consistent product. It's got to stem into music licensing. I reckon that is my biggest component because no one else is understanding that this is actually an option people can take. Like there's an oversaturated amount of art list or music bed subscriptions out there. And geez, I am not saying that that's a bad thing because there is a really good library on there that I use for commercial work often and I do have a subscription and it's great but at the same time you don't have to shy away from like if you really want to get into it in advance contact artist management and they're either going to be likely to lend you the video for lend you there an artist's track that you think might suitably fit for free and if there is a fee involved definitely one to sort of chip in a bit of my own money to give a really nice polished product that is legal. I mean, it's so funny because Instagram always will initially come up with a little warning saying, you don't have permission to use this. And I'm like, yes, I do. Here's the proof. (laughs) (laughs) But also, so um, talking about your style and all of those things, like your life revolves so much around music and like in your personal life. But now you're talking about how important it is in your work life. I think that For both of us, our work is just who we are. Like I shoot a wedding the way I would want a wedding to be shot for me. So I think it just comes down to like the things that inspire us, the images that inspire us, the things that I find important are what I shoot. Like I shoot a lot of portraits of family. And this is actually something that we do differently. The images, a number of images. I give a thousand images, whereas Jackson gives a lot less just because I'll give five photos of grandmother in one spot just because to me I'm like I would want every single shot there is yeah for sure and it's it's a tricky balance i think trying to balance how many photos you're going to deliver versus what you know a client is going to want and also just thinking long term with this stuff it's not just about here's five photos of your grandmother well one day that grandmother won't be around and all of a sudden the extra the extra four photos there have just ballooned in value yeah oh my god guys i have to tell you something Mm. Last week, I got a message from a lady. I did a family shoot for her maybe a year ago, and it was just half an hour's worth, but they bought the whole immediate family, including the grandparents. And she let me know that the grandfather passed away that week. And on the day, they were all, like, kind of getting annoyed at him because he always wears these, like, hats. Like, he has a New York Yankees hat. And he was wearing a suit, but he had a New York Yankees hat. And they were like, take it off, take it off. And he eventually did. But I got photos of him with it on. And they were like, and they messaged me. She messaged me to let me know that that is the photo they're going to have at his funeral. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? It's like crazy when you hear stories like that. So commonly we just forget about the tangible nature of them or even just the longevity of them because this is our job. Like I hardly even get to document my life because I feel like it's a bit more of a chore because all of a sudden I'm picking up a camera every weekend. It's the last thing I want to do. But when someone else comes into the equation with a scenario like that, like 
that is huge, Miranda. Like that, is, that really draws us back into a place. And I know we haven't been able to shoot weddings for quite some time, but it draws us back to that willingness of wanting to go in and get a bit more of the taboo stuff and the stuff that you think that like we should never really fully check into what you think couples only want. You kind of want to get a bit uncomfortable with it and document the stuff that might be a bit like, Oh, I don't know, like, especially with that, the Yankees outfit scenario. (laughs) You just, you just never know. And because we can shoot so fast, it's like, you may as well just take two extra seconds to get something they're probably going to say no to, but just have it on file. And, you know, when people have their photo taken, I think they're just thinking about that moment, wanting to look nice in their photo. And they're just like, take the hat off. You're always wearing the stupid hat. We want a nice photo without the hat. They're not thinking in 10 years when he's not here that when they see that would just be such a strong reminder of him and his personality. And I think, you know, as a photographer, you can, you can kind of see that in that moment. You're like, let him, let him leave his hat on. Like it's cute. It's probably something he does. Something I've been thinking about a lot, just doing this podcast and chatting with a lot of different people about this stuff is just where our photos kind of sit and live. And you know, that we're not taking photos just for now and for social and for, yeah, there's a lot of things like that add a lot of value later that we don't think about in the moment. I think about that all the time. It's like part of the reason why I deliver like a set of images with moments. I think about my own photos, which like my childhood photos I cherish. And there's shots where I look so ugly, but I know like I'm doing the most ugly, hideous laughing face with like 10 double chins, but they're always my favorite photos years after the time has passed, which is exactly what you're saying. And so when I give my galleries, I'm, (laughs) sounds bad, but I'm always giving flattering photos, but I always include shots that aren't as flattering but the emotion's so real because I do think that when they reach you know 50 years old they will look back and appreciate those shots just as much as the shots where they look stunning I think it's really important um to include those moments and it probably does get down a bit to how much you value well what you value in life I guess and you know I mean everyone values family but some people probably stronger than others and I just put together an album of family photos from 2020 I make an album every year and I found myself this year I really culled it down I usually make these big blur books and this year I made like a proper Atkins album and I think there's only a hundred like a hundred photos in there out of you know a few thousand but I found myself drawn to these like really mundane everyday photos that I took and a lot of them were through lockdown when we couldn't do a lot of stuff and it's kind of what I shoot a lot more of now but yeah I feel like I can see so much more personality of my kids in photos where they're not really doing anything out of the ordinary, but it's waiting for that moment when, you know, maybe they're not doing anything too exciting. There's one that is an interesting example and it's sort of become like my favorite photo. It's my daughter sitting at a table at a holiday house we're having and she's eating a sandwich and my wife's doing her hair and we're about to go to the beach. They're in the bathers. Lauren's got her hair up in a bun and she's doing Lucy's hair up in a bun and Lucy's just kind of like mindlessly gazing off with a sandwich in her mouth, you know, I'm sure my wife was like, why are you taking a picture of me? We're trying to get out the door. But there's just something about that kind of moment. I can see so much of them in it and so much of our life together in it. And that's so much more valuable than the one when Lauren, she'll be like, hang on, let me curl my hair and now we'll sit here and do my my photo smile. I guess the moment kind of overrides the emotion when they do just have blank faces because this is obviously just what happens when they either don't recognize that you're taking a photo i think there's something to be said for the moment to override the emotion for sure kind of on that i guess in terms of just looking at um volume and stuff just in terms of like retouching and i don't mean like just like spot removal and stuff but for me i like to deliver 
finished looking images that are like print ready. Because if I'm going to print something, I'll go through and just check it to the tiniest detail, cloning out things I don't like in it. You know, it's like pebbles on the road or all kinds of things like that. And I, I, I know I heard you, Jackson, talking about like people leaving exit signs in photos and, and things. No. Um, so I, I feel like you're probably on the, the same page as me in terms of just pouring over every image with a fine tooth comb. The, yeah. Wow. So I think I definitely am accidentally more of an editor when I came into this thing. I just, I think I love editing. I definitely understand basic composition elements, um, no matter what the area is, I know what I want to keep in and what I want to take out. In such a fast-paced environment, yeah, cool. I probably forgot about that exit sign, but thanks, Lightroom. Like, there's so many ways to, yeah, with a fine-tooth comb. I like to think that I can curate a fitting mood better in editing than I do. I mean, I get, like, my technical settings and stuff correct in camera, of course, that's part of my job, but I'm not looking through a viewfinder as much as I am looking at the real world when I am shooting. And that also has a massive part to play in why I deliver a lot less because I physically just can't deliver a lot more because it's just the way I shoot. I have like high speed continuous on all the time, but I don't actually come home with that many photos funnily enough, but you'd be pretty like fine tooth comb as well with analog, like the amount, the abundance of dust and scratches you'd have to freak. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of where it started for me. Like got to, I've got to get rid of all the, the hairs and, and dust and things like that. And when I was doing a lot of printing last year, I was just obviously making sure I cleaned everything up because I'm just looking at this really big version of something. And I'd printed a, a picture of my son previously and I hadn't done that to it. And then I, for some reason I did it on one of Lucy that we put on the wall together and they're sitting in the same spot. And I think I just got a bit carried away on hers because there was maybe a big <laughs> bit of dust. And then I just started cleaning up like tan bark and things in it. And then I just look at the one of deck and I'm like, what was I doing? There's all these bits of tan bark near his feet. And I, I, as soon as I see the picture, I look straight at him. So now I've just become a bit obsessed with looking at every picture and just going, oh, but if I just get rid of that little thing there and I just do this here... Uh, and, you know, that's a really hard thing to do if you're doing a lot of images. And, uh, you know, I know I, I see pictures even on the photographers post on Instagram and there's like, yeah, there's an exit sign in there or there's something like that. I'm like, that would take two seconds to get rid of that in Photoshop. And maybe the argument is, well, I'm doing 1,200 photos. I can't go through and retouch that many. And my response to that would be, talking to this person who doesn't actually exist, my response would be, you're delivering too many photos if you can't finish them all. You're a professional photographer. You need to deliver finished images not ones that you've slapped a preset on made a quick adjustment and neck anyway but miranda what like you're sort of saying that you deliver more and you are delivering sets of a particular scene um which is important to you and and your style and your personality how, how does that kind of work in terms of trying to finish so many images per wedding i guess again going back to what's important to me um, is if it's portraits and things where it's noticeable, like I'll absolutely touch things up. I'm really hesitant to do anything to like people's physical looks. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't, don't really touch that at all no. unless someone has something that's temporary or they've asked me to do something, then that's okay. Otherwise I'll like not touch it. And in terms of other things, like unless it really stands out to me, obviously if it's something ugly like an exit sign, like absolutely. But I would say I tend to do less of that Um, or definitely less than Jackson. I know, Jackson, you're incredibly detailed, which is amazing. Oh, so <laughs> I have a big thing with roads. Okay. I start cleaning up the, all the loose rocks and stones on roads, and that's yeah. a slippery slope. Wow, I'm not there yet. Because you're just like, I'll oh, get rid of these two oh. big ones, and then you get rid of the big ones, and you're like, oh, now the smaller ones stand out. You get rid of those, and you're like, 
you can just keep going. Oh, it's like 10 p.m. and I haven't had dinner yet. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, I definitely yeah, don't no. think anyone should, unless requested, I don't think we should be doing it on faces and things like that. Something that you, you have on your site that I love is you made this little um, Super 8 film. I think it's on your About page. And I almost feel like you just made this like for fun, but it's so much like I watch that and it's just you all over, but it's also your brand. So I feel like there is a very close connection between you, you and your work. You're not sort of like here's work Miranda and here's non-work Miranda. It's, it's all kind of the same person. How did that kind of come about? And was it something that you were putting together for your business or? This literally could not be a better trio of people because, um, Jackson actually shot a lot of the personal stuff of me that's on that video. I had a little birthday gathering a few years ago, maybe, and it was supposed to just be like footage from the day, but it ended up being amazing because obviously Jackson shot it and he's a guru like yourself at Super 8 and knows my vibe so well too. So just got really cool stuff. I just took it to weddings and shot some random things as well. I think it's like maybe three rolls of stuff. Um, in that little video, which thank you for saying that because I was actually going to take the video down. <laughs> no, no, don't don't take it down. That's I know it wasn't your intention, but I think it's like a genius bit of marketing. Like even if it wasn't real, you watch that and you're just like, I want this person at my. I want this per. I want to just hang out with this person every day. It's it's so fun and don't take it down. Yeah, like and, okay, I won't. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but there are parts in it that I was kind of like, oh, there's this one shot of me and I'm in the back of a taxi and I've lost my current workspace keys and I think I'm on the phone to, <laughs> to my friend who runs it and was telling him, I don't know, and uh, how much money else we have to pay to get a new one. It was fine. I didn't lose it. But, like, I was so drunk in that footage. <laughs> and I think that those things in there that are like, oh, yeah, that's wholeheartedly me. Maybe it shouldn't be on my professional website. But then again, going back to everything just being really real and who you are, like, that is me. I drink a lot and have a lot of fun with my friends and love photographing those moments too. And it, yeah, I don't know. I think especially with weddings, it is all so personal and so real. And like, you can't just shoot one aspect of a person. Like, you have to have everything there. So maybe it's good. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Thank you. <laughs> no, I love it. And it, it, it's interesting to see you guys doing a lot of like Super 8 and Jackson, I know you shoot a lot of film for stills as well. You have childhood photos that are on film. You know, they're all probably taken by your parents and, and we can sort of look back at those nostalgically, but you didn't have experience doing it yourself. So the first time you sort of started shooting film would have been, I'm guessing, quite recently in this, you know, in this comeback that film has made in the last five years. You can kind of see it in that in that film like what is it about it that's drawn you guys to that the nostalgic vibes like super eight to me whenever i see it it could be anything i don't know what it is but it just makes me feel so nostalgic i don't know just like about it that's completely magical i can't really describe how much i love it into words it's so good it's almost like you're stepping back in time a little bit you talk about nostalgia and it's like oh it looks like looks like i i really hate the word vintage when people talk about vintage in terms of film and they're like oh it looks vintage it's like yes it does on the surface but you look at super 8 or you even just look at film especially old film photos like the old kodachrome photos and even just stuff shot on like black and white triax and it's like that's kind of the way we see the world back then you know like there's no crystal clear hd footage from the 60s like it doesn't exist you can't actually see what the colors looked like back then the only way we can see it is through kodachrome so the world yeah. is like coloured in Kodachrome back then. So the way little kids say like, was life in black and white in the olden days? Like they don't understand that 
you know, they just think that's how the world looked. And it's like, that's how the world looked in the 60s. It looked like Kodachrome. We can't go back and see it any other way. It didn't. It looked like now, shooting on Super 8, it's almost like you're stepping back into that. You're inserting yourself back into this other era. And we love it because it is the past and it's gone and we can't get it back, you know. And we look at this stuff a lot through rose-coloured glasses, you know, like we just think of our childhood and it's, you know, it's always easier to remember the happy memories that are in photos and, you know, gloss over everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do wonder I'm that. I'm like, if I if I grew up when my parents grew up and I was a you know a kid in the 60s and I was a young adult in the 70s and taking pictures in the 70s, would I have actually liked it any better than I like living now? Yeah. I think as well, like compared to the way I shoot digitally, which is like so many photos, film to me just, it stops me in my tracks because it is really a moment in time. I'm not going to take five film photos of the same scene. To me, I appreciate it for like exactly that one frame definitely commendable there like I think Nathan told me the other day he's got a camera like a film camera with a burst mode still but it doesn't irrespective of that it does still slow you down and make you think of your composition and knowing that you've only got so many frames I've heard it all before it makes total sense it really puts us back in our place and we don't commonly bring them into fast-paced environments so respect for Nathan to do that it's just the era that I wish I was born in there's always this jealousy factor of my parents having some golden VHS footage some golden 35 millimeter shots that just look atrocious and are severely underexposed but it doesn't matter because it's exactly what I want out of rawness and I think we have an ability based on our clientele with weddings to provide them with what is oversaturated which is like the crystal clear looking hd everything must be in focus and like some people even do blemish fixing and stuff you don't have any of this with film it's really 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 stripped back i mean with large format obviously it's freaking crystal clear but even better than digital but even still like i just love and can appreciate the medium so much more and try and convey the value of it in a commercial sphere as well as a wedding sphere because it does prove this sense of nostalgia. It can sort of rewind us to a time. I actually think I see through my eyes properly. Well, it's going to sound so lame, but when I'm looking through a Super 8 viewfinder or a Super 16 viewfinder just recently, I'm like, this is where I need to be and this is where I need to stay put in for sure. I mean, the digital cameras are always necessary for particular jobs, but um, end of the day, yeah, it does make me happy picking up something that um, – it doesn't have to be super stable. It can be shaky because you're by default prioritizing the moment rather than the technical components that come into mm. it because it's a kid's camera. Anyone could pick up a, a Super 8 and just hold it down uh, as long as they've got the right film stock. And that's what I love about it um, and just how much accessibility there is to this industry nowadays. I think it's very inexpensive and... It's just a due diligence, I think, to not play it so safe with digital all the time. I think it's nice to explore those other areas as well. I don't think my travel camera could ever be a digital camera, I think, because if you have so much time to slow down, why not do that? Just wait for that moment when you are traveling and it's not going to feel like homework. You're still enjoying yourself. And is that the reason you started bringing it to weddings, like Super 8 particularly? Like what was it that sort of first drew you to doing that at weddings? Uh, it was you. It was, it was definitely you, Nathan. It was definitely you that made me want to bring the soups i did not set this up well i didn't own one at the time and there was a there was a xavier dolan film that i watched there's a snippet of video where he's filming something on a miso 801 the one that we both love and enjoy and i think i to be honest i bought it for the look and then realized afterwards that i'm like oh hang on this is one of like the top tier ones like so it was definitely because of you and i just enjoy the messy component of merging 
digital with Super 8. You can make it look seamless, but I don't really think too much into that. I love that messy component, which also enters that fast beat component. I like the impact of going from digital to Super 8. Like it just, yeah. you really see the difference when you cut, you're in the same scene or it's the same shot and you go from one to the other and it just really slaps you in the face. In a good way. John Kurt, he is a wedding videographer who I met at Lonely Hearts Film Camp. And I've just recently watched one of his videos that blew me out of the water. And it did make me jealous. I'm like, oh, why didn't I do this? And he has a Super 8 as well. And there's this shot where he's filming the couple digitally, but the groom is holding a Super 8 camera and he is filming his wife and then it cuts from that digital footage to the footage of the wife in Super 8 that's just like, oh. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I shot this wedding in Castlemaine two years ago and the couple were both photographers and the groom, like some of his friends, he gave them all like his old cameras, like his meal and stuff. And he had all these old school film cameras as well, like on the ceremony chairs for people who knew how to use them to shoot it, which they'd asked me before if I cared about. And obviously I do not mind at all. I'm really not fussy about that stuff. He, during the whole day, had a little point and shoot in his jacket pocket and was taking photos of Ellen, who is his bride, throughout the whole thing. And it was so cool. Like when they were actually getting married, he was, he took it out of his thing and like took this close-up photo of her standing in front of him holding one of his hands like while they were up there in front of everybody. And I just thought that was so sick because like no one else would ever have that perspective um, in yeah. their gallery. It's so awesome. I actually never got to see those photos. I need to ask them about it. Mm. Yeah, I just love that, like that different perspective. So cool. It's funny you say that. I did that same thing at my own wedding. No but way. I was not even like it was probably two years after I like started photography, so like knew nothing. I took a like a little digital point and shoot because I was like, yeah, because I'm a photographer and I'm going to take my own photos. And I would do that. You are allowed. And the, the, I think I, I took a handful, and they're the shittest photos you'll ever see in your life. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing in your about me section on your website, Nathan. You've got a photo of Lauren and yourself, and it's just wholesome because of what you wrote about it as well. Like it, it was, I remember that blew me out of the water for sure. Um, so yeah. No. Enough time has passed with my wedding that I can look back at how daggy it is and be okay with it. <laughs> That's a question. Okay. You know what? I'm going to reverse the roles for a second here because the three of us obviously enter these atmospheres often when it came, if you were to Nathan re like have maybe let's just say you wanted to get married, in, you're getting married in the next month or something. And Miranda, if marriage is on the cards for you down the track, don't think it is as much for yours truly, but I'm trying to sort of think of my answer on the spot as well. What do you think you would want in a wedding knowing that we've seen the highs and lows? Because just personally, I reckon I'd be fine with a barbecue out the back of my house. <laughs> I think it would be low key backyard wedding i've thought about this too and i'm like when you're already married it's hard to really care about having another one or thinking about another one like i think about all these cool styled weddings that i see and i'm like well they're not really me anyway but i'm also like i have no desire to do it but i obviously love you know when we just have extended family barbecues at christmas and things like that so i'll probably do something like that i will say with my wedding as much, like it was super daggy standard reception center you know 2009 lauren looked great i looked like an absolute dork we we had the best day of our life. Yeah. Like we had so much fun. We both said that to each other when we got in the car. I think we just said it to each other right away. Like it, it was the best thing ever. Miranda, what do you think? So I'm, I'm always on the fence. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just have a 
um, registry, wedding, whatever, I don't really care. Um, but then I lean more towards having everybody I love in the same place. It is the one time that you do that and I would really love to party with everyone. Yeah. You feel like a bit of a rock star on the day too. Like it is it is a good feeling having everyone around and everyone's just being really happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just with those extra components that we're always entering into because nowadays like a lot of people admittedly they are in it for the gram and they kind of I don't want to say it too loudly but we are on a podcast here but it does sort of make me feel like love sometimes feels secondary at weddings it sounds so awful but there are some couples that are really in it for the photography and we should definitely respect that because they must mean that they enjoy our work for sure and we do have to step it up. I think the thing that I have learned the most out of this job is that every person, which sounds so obvious, but we all have different priorities. We all have different values. Everyone's had a different upbringing. There's no right or wrong. Like it is what it is. I kind of love that. I shot a wedding this year, but when we were in lockdown in Tasmania and it was hands down my favorite wedding I've ever shot purely because the love on the day between their friends and family and the couple themselves outweighed any of the details that they did. And I just, Mm. I hadn't shot a wedding like that in a very long time. It wasn't low budget or anything like they absolutely spent money on their, on their day. But I think that they put emphasis on the things that really mattered to them. And it was so evident and the photos just turned out to be so beautiful. I think because of that, I loved it. It Oh my God. No, it's even that. Yeah. To rewind to that, because I suppose a global shit show has made this more and more longing for particular couples to really rewind and want everyone under the one roof in particular. I love that. And they do come near and far and it's, it's nice. You can't, I real. I don't think we're supposed to be comparing, but it's hard not to when we do enter all these different territories. So I love that you had that. That's, that's beautiful. Question for you guys. What did you think of Ariana Grande's uh, wedding photos? I always feel like when you see celebrity wedding photos, they're going to divide everyone because they're not going to be standard wedding photos. She's going to go for something that's edgy and different. And I reckon those photos looked like they were influenced a lot by, like she probably had a fashion photographer. And they were influenced by fashion. You know, it's like direct flash and everyone's like, oh, it looks shitty. It's like, well, I mean, they're supposed to look (laughs) shitty. I think that's kind of the idea. And I don't really know how to articulate exactly what I think it is that is good about them. And I don't, I kind of like them and I kind of dislike them because they're kind of cool for the sake of cool. But I do find it funny when people just go, the shit, they are exactly what they're supposed to be. It's just whether or not you like it. I think they're cool. They're different. Like it's not what I would shoot, but I like them for what they are. I think they look really happy and she looks hot. I feel a bit impartial to it because I'm not a massive Ariana fan. Maybe not smart. In terms of the wedding and the photos, like I think that they match up. Like all the stuff I shoot is usually colourful and fun, whereas everything in her wedding photos is like white and black. It's like very editorial and tonal. So I just look at it for what it is. It's not me, but it's cool. Yeah, I, I haven't even seen them. Oh, get Googling. It just looks like he turned up with a 35mm point-and-shoot camera. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing with a lot of celebrity weddings. They actually are the ones that don't keep up with the trends. They all, like, I think in the past, like, since I sort of started this this gig, I've, I've seen a couple of celebrities' wedding photos, and they all look very retouched and just straight out of the camera almost hardly any touch-ups they don't have much emphasis on color change it, not that i don't like it but again yeah not my style they're normally the not of... wedding photographers though who take them yeah, yeah that's one thing i've noticed actually they hire like high-end editorial 
photographers. I actually don't, I can't think of a single celebrity whose wedding photos I actually like. I think that's the funny thing about this job is that not everyone's always going to love what you create and you've got to really understand that, you know, you've got to be confident in your style and choice and back yourself and Mm. yeah, know that. I remember I had a, um, I've had one person tell me they didn't like my work, a wedding job. And it was not the couple, thank God. If it was the couple, it would be a different story. But it was a family member of one of them and she just didn't like the greens that I edited. <gasps> I remember she, you telling me this. It's like absolutely fine. But just knowing how to explain that when you get feedback, like being like, yeah, this is the colour that I edit. Like I don't use lime greens. Sorry. Yeah, it was I crazy. Have, I don't think I've had such an experience yet, but I'm sure I, you definitely get one-liner responses back when you send off even some of your proudest galleries and it's just like oh I guess no two people see the same I'm like I thought I did a really good job but they're just like thanks Jackson love it I'm like is that all like <laughs> it is a, it is also a little bit though I, I mean I think the same thing when when I get a response like that I'm like oh you didn't like then I get a whole lot of praise it's also like you know what you paid me a lot of money to make this for you and you said you're happy with it you know you do a commercial job the most you'll get from a client is yes approved you know, yeah. they'll put it through the ringer a million times and then go, yep, we are now happy with this that we will stop you from making any further changes. So, you know, not everyone's going to write an email back to you saying, oh my God, I love the photos. Like, thank you so much. Like to some people saying, thank you so much. That's enough. And that, you know, they, they love the shots. You just have to. Yeah. And, and they also thanked you on the day. I mean, you usually get yeah. a really big thank you at the end of the day. And then, you know, you deliver the stuff and it's like, do I have to say thank you again? Sometimes I follow yeah. up with an email the next day, like, just thanks for being part of it. It's like, how many times we get thanked when we're actually doing a job? I think you just get used to that, though. And then when you don't get it, it's like, come on, I need validation. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> actually, do you know what, Queso? I think I already told you this, but, you know, if you took photos of me, it's funny because what we were talking about before, how you, like, picture yourself loving photos of yourself in, like, you know, 50 years' time. I know that those photos I'm going to cherish forever. And it's so weird. This sounds, like, crazy. But I was honestly, like, when I looked at them, my God, one day I might have a daughter who will be like, this was my mum when she was, like, 28 or something. So nuts. I love those photos. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. It's funny I talked about um, this with uh, Morgan on the podcast. Like, I have this massive, like, imposter syndrome with photography. And I think particularly, like, I've been doing all these photos for photographers. A lot of the ones of industry people have been, like, I, I think yours, Miranda, was the first one I did. So it's just really kind of terrifying to do anyway. But I also, like, I hate photos of myself. I don't see any purpose or use for them. I don't want them. I don't. People say, oh, we'll get, we'll get one with you in it too. I'm like, no, not only do I not need it, I don't want it. And so when you said to me, this is how stupid I am, right? Because I know, like, you're such a lovely, honest person. When I gave them to you and you said that, and I think you said like that you would cherish them, I'm like, oh, see, she's lying. She doesn't like them at all. Why would anyone no. cherish a photo of themselves? Like, oh. I hate photos of myself. She's lying. Maybe I'm really vain, but I actually love photos of myself. It's not vanity at all. Like, you know, and I'm really glad that you like them. Um, and I think photos are so important and like for exactly the reason you just said, like that is such an amazing thing that you might be able to show your kids that one day. The fact that you'll be proud to do that makes me so happy. But in that moment when you're telling me that you cherish them, my instinct is to be like that I'm such an <laughs> imposter. I'm like, she is lying to you. <laughs> She's lying. Okay, we need to change this. 
Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to get around that, but I talked about I talked about it with Morgan. We both we both thought the same thing. I said like compliments. It doesn't bother me over like email or like on Instagram. It's really like I love people commenting on my work. It's really nice, and it's it's the same in person. But I hate it in person. Like I really dislike it. It makes me extremely uncomfortable. I don't want people to do it. Like I actually don't like it when people do it. I don't know what to do and how to react. I'm just like, oh, you're actually like I feel like I'm being insulted. That's how I felt when you said that about those photos. It took me so long to except that you probably do like them? Um, sometimes I do feel like that. More so feel it when I compare myself to my peers. And I think like it's such an amazing thing about Melbourne photographers is that, you know, we all work solo, so we're quite a close-knit city, which is amazing. I feel imposter syndrome when people include me in groups, I guess, when they're talking about work. I always think like, oh, my God, no, I'm such an outsider. I'm not a fine art photographer. I'm not technical. I shouldn't be included in these things. I don't know. I do believe compliments when people get their photos. I do. But maybe that's because I love photos of myself. So. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, making the time to have a chat. Oh, thank you. I've been big fans of your work and I'm lucky enough to call you both friends. Yeah. I hope. I'm imposter syndrome will kick in there. Absolutely. I like, said yes, but do they really like me? We bloody love you. <laughs> it's really great to um, just get your insights. Love seeing all, all your work popping up. So just, you know, keep at it. Oh, thank you, Queso. This has been the best. doesn't go unnoticed in an oversaturated industry. It's good. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that we could kind of tip this in throughout times where we should be doing business admin but aren't and can spend a lot more time Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. Thank you.